Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by CornNation.com member of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined by another leg of the tripod. He is our beloved founder, John Dam Johnston. And joining us this week in her five-heart debut, one of the newer writers at Coronation, not the newest, but one of the newer writers is Bree Clark. Bree, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Nervous? A little bit, yeah. Okay, this is going to be... Super easy. Have you ever called into like radio at all? Um, yeah, I have a friend that's on the radio, so I've called a few times and nice. talked to her, but so, it's been a while. So, what makes this better is you can cuss. Okay, I can do that. All right, because John John's going to do it whether we say he can or not. So, that figures. Hi, John. Hi. You're mad at me. I'm not mad at you. You're Do I sound mad at you? <laughs> you always sound mad at somebody. What what what's going on in the uh, Husker basketball game that I'm making you miss? Like I'm not missing it. I'm sitting out here with see. I need to get rid of the Jolly Rancher, don't I? That's really rude. I mean, hold on. What? Wait. What flavor was it? I don't. You don't need to know. Okay. <laughs> It's like you look at the schedule and you go, oh, we should schedule the podcast we're recording right toward the end of a basketball game or some other event. And, it, you know, it wouldn't be bad if our basketball team was winning, but Michigan's on like an 83-2 run. And i got to sit here and listen to Dan Dakich, who loves Michigan and apparently hates us because every play diagrams is a Michigan play. Fuck that guy. I, but, and, and you know, we're playing terrible basketball, and we were, we took the lead, and literally since we took the lead, we we have been, oh my God, hold on, I have his stats right here. Uh, one of last 11 for field goals, so, uh, yeah, I am mad at you, you and I'm mad at basketball, and I'm, I'm not mad at Bree, because she sounds sweet. I'm trying, you know, so just take that. And when you're on the podcast with us, never take anything personally. So, Except Greg. I don't, Greg should take everything I say to him personally because <laughs> he's a shithead. Well, here's the funny thing is I tried to get the uh, of Bangerings and Daggers guys to record tonight. And their schedule wasn't going to allow. So they said, can we record, you know, we'll, we're planning on recording Wednesday night and Thursday night. I my recording schedule because it's not my full time job, unfortunately, uh, is kind of dependent on my work schedule, and I know that I've got to be out of the house at five o'clock Friday morning. So that doesn't really lend itself to staying up late to record Thursday night. I'm sorry, John. I am. Can you find it in your heart that was once dead but is now alive and beating and strong? <laughs> uh, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Your five heart to forgive me? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. You know what? There's 6.07 left in this game. 
I, I pulled it up on the old Google machine, and as I hit refresh, uh, it is uh, 69 to 55. Yes. Bad guys. I'm sure Kevin Knight, who is a, uh, uh, AKA at Sparty on Huskers, one of our, uh, bangs and dags podcast co-hosts and a basketball writer. I'm sure he's just gritting his teeth and very displeased with uh, the showing of the Cornhuskers tonight, but we're not here to talk basketball. That's why we have an entire Nebraska ball podcast of banger rings and daggers. Look for a new episode. Uh, actually, since this will drop Friday, look for it Thursday morning in the past. Anyway, we're here to talk with Bree, to meet Bree, to learn about Bree, and then talk some Nebraska football and get Bree's take. So, hi, Bree. Hi again. I know we already did hi. that once. <laughs> uh, That's all right. We could do it again. As I, I mentioned, this is, this is what we, uh, Haas and I did a lot of these last off season, and I think we covered just about everybody on the coordination roster. It's our, just a coordination Q&A, and John and I are going to fire off some questions your direction, and this is... Um, really easy because the first half of the show you have all the answers. Hopefully. I mean, well, when the first question is, are you a Nebraska native, I hope you know the answer. Oh, I do know that one. Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, you, feel free to elaborate. <laughs> I, I mean, we'd like, yeah. we'd like oh, the backstory. Okay. Yes. The I'm Brie from, backstory. I'm from, I'm from Bloomfield, Nebraska. You don't know where that's at. It's kind of in the northeast corner of the state. Um, I lived there until I went to college in Lincoln, and now I live in Plattsmouth. See, it, it's it's weird that I've heard of Plattsmouth more than what Bloomfield you said. Yeah, yeah. well, Plattsmouth is a little bigger and closer. How to big Omaha, was Bloomfield? So, um, around a thousand people. That's huge. It was a one-horse town. Yeah. Damn it! No, it wasn't. Yeah, little. No, what a thousand D2, people is D2 a decent-sized Nebraska town. I mean, yeah, you know, there, there was a thousand people in Curtis when I grew up there. There might be five or six hundred now. True. Well, when I was there, there were closer to two thousand, but now I'd say there's about a thousand, I guess. How many bars? A thousand. Um, two. Well, one and a half, kind of. How do you have a half a like bar? A, it's only well, open it half was, the time. <laughs> it was a VFW, but now it's called the Freedom Hall, and I don't think it's always open, but then the bar is always open all the time. So it's not called the bar, I guess. When's but, the last time you were in Bloomfield? Uh, Christmas. Oh, so you still have family there? You go back? Yeah, my parents live there, so I go back well, fairly regularly. My kids like to go to the farm, so... We go back there. Uh, tell, tell me about the farm, uh, you know, because agriculture is very big in Nebraska. Tell, tell us about the family farm. Well, the farm is just only about 11 acres. So my dad never was like a farmer, but we had animals there. Um, we had at one time like a horse and some cows and pigs and chickens. Now I think he pretty much has a few chickens and he like rents out some of the pasture to cows. That's pretty much all he's got. So, but my kids like to, I mean, they think they're exploring in like the forest because there's a bunch of trees and things like that. So they love going out there. My dad's always keeping them busy. So. Before we go on, I, since we're talking about farm life, we're all familiar with this coronavirus that's, you know, wiping out half of China. To, mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is going to go weird. 
Uh, but this is what we do on the Five Heart <laughs> Podcast. Uh, so my wife is a nurse, and she sent me a picture today as I'm, you know, at work, and it's a screenshot from her laptop. And she says, "Reduce your risk of coronavirus infection. All the things you're supposed to do to reduce a lot of illnesses, you know, like cleaning hands with soap and water or alcohol-based hand rub. Avoid close contact with anyone with cold or flu-like symptoms. Thoroughly cook meat and eggs." And then she says, or she circles, "Avoid unprotected contact with live, wild, or farm animals." And what? Yeah, avoid unprotected contact with live, wild, or farm animals. <laughs> exactly. I said, are you, you know, and, you know, my sister uh, married a farmer, so, you know, we've got farmers on, uh, my in-law, you know, brother-in-law's a farmer, so they all live on a farm. I said, should we pass that on to our farming family? And she just said she was dying laughing. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> it's like, obviously, if you're going to, you know, fuck a goat, wear a condom. What yeah. the hell? I didn't even think that's where you were going. That's yeah, I'm protected. My God, we have this sweet woman on our podcast, and that's the—that's what you bring up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm well, shocked and ashamed. Well, here we go for all of our. Uh, I have taken back. <laughs> for all of our Western Nebraska listeners, uh, looking at you, friend of the show, Josh. They used to tell me, "Wait, I'm a, I'm." Oh, you're you're not going further down this road, are you? <laughs> Briefly. Briefly. This is important because I'm from the quote-unquote city, or at least I thought I was. I was the guy who, you know, they, they sent me out when I was up in small-town radio in Shatteron. They said, hey, go take pictures at, at the rodeo. And I don't know if it was the Shatteron State College rodeo or, or just it was a rodeo in town. And I roll up there, and I'm in jean shorts, a Cardinals, uh, St. Louis Cardinals jersey, and a backwards ball cap, and they're looking at me because I'm out of place. I realized that. I didn't realize that until I got there. Um, but I, you know, you see the, the farmers and the ranchers and they all have their jeans over their boots. And they always told me, I said, you know, watch out for anybody from Wyoming because they'll tuck their jeans in their boots. And you know why, right? I said, I have no idea. And they said, because the goats can't run away when you tuck their hind legs in the in your oh, boots. Oh, God, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> so, it's a friendly little jab at our friends from Wyoming. Hey, uh, you started this with the you started with the coronavirus, and this is where you ended up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I didn't know we were talking to an amateur farmer, or or you know, so I just you know I, I, was, I was bringing it to current events, John. Three, three. If you started yeah. talking about the coronavirus, is this where you think you'd end up? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. No. Not at all, but it did take an interesting turn there. That's what we do here on the Five Heart Podcast. John, you have the list of questions. What? Why don't you fire up the next one and I'll be quiet and let's see how offended, how many people you can offend. What is your day job? These are really hard questions. Oh, that is tough. Um, I am a third grade teacher at Plattsmouth Elementary School. So I hope they're not listening to this episode right now. <laughs> I, so I don't know they do. We, we, you should have told me that beforehand. We should have led with that one. The little I mean, podcast listeners. <laughs> if this was like a TikTok or a YouTube, they probably would, but we're probably safe. All right. Okay, so what do, what do you teach in third grade? Everything, John. Oh, yes. Um, currently, I'm just teaching division and about ready to teach fractions which I really hate fractions. Um, 
we teach all sorts of reading skills, like drawing conclusions is what we taught today. I teach a little bit of economics. Um, we're writing reports currently on ecosystems. That's kind of some of the stuff we're doing right now, but there's a big variety of things that we teach. Multiplication is big, multiplication and division. They love that stuff. Um, I hope, Bree, that you are as impactful to your third graders as my third grade teacher was to me because we learned something when I was in third grade that I still do to, the, to this day uh, in, you know, when I'm listening to a song or something like that. We were learning about poetry and, you know, like the, the various, like the rhythms of a stanza and things like that. And yeah. she, she would say, you know, you can, you know, get that beat, you know, by kind of tapping your fingers. And I still do that to this day. Just, you know, if I hear a song, I'm, I'm playing it back, you know, on, on the beat on my fingers. I don't know why, you know, 30 years later, but that's what I do. Go me. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. And I, it's weird because... Rhythm, I always feel like rhythm's a tough thing to teach. I don't have any rhythm, so that's probably part of it, but... It's really weird, uh, you know, decades later, I used to uh, uh, DJ on a party bus uh, for, you know, side cash, and uh, my third grade teacher, same third grade teacher, uh, what? We, speaking of being interrupted, you hurt your toe. <laughs> okay, what do you want me to do about it? I'm not going to kiss your toe. I don't know where it's been. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? Okay, go watch your show. I'm trying to tell an important story about... Drinking on a bus. You want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Okay, go. Goodbye is where you leave. Turn and go. No, don't touch. Turn and go. All right, anyway. uh, Party bus. Third grade teacher was there. I said, hey, do you remember me? She said, vaguely. I said, that's perfect. I didn't want to to be one of those kids who was remembered, you know? Yeah. I mean... Not all the time, but a lot of time. If you're remembered like by name, that's probably not a great sign. So, uh, our next question in our series of tough questions. I- I'm assuming I know the answer to this one, being that you're from Northeast Nebraska, but lifelong Husker fan. Oh yeah. So, what is yes. your first Husker memory? It is actually listening to them on the radio while, like, cleaning the house and stuff. My mom would always, well, because, you know, you couldn't watch every game back in the 90s. So she would always have the game on the radio whatever, and we'd be, like, sitting in there listening to them. But I'd have to be cleaning, too. But it was just so exciting. They're so exciting on the radio. They're way better than the TV. So that's kind of my most vivid memory because I didn't even go to a game until I was in college. So just watching them on TV, I'd say um, around like when we were winning national championships in 94, 95, it's probably when I remember the most because I was probably about eight or so then. And then later watching them on TV as I got older, but the radio definitely it had me hooked. I always wanted to, um, listen and stay in where I could hear him. John, does it make you feel old that Bree was eight when they were winning national championships in the 90s? No, oh, no, because okay. I hear that shit all the time. What do you want from me? <laughs> to make you feel old? To make you feel old? Does it, does it make you feel old 
when Yale and Rutgers kicked off that first uh, college football game 150 years ago? Yes. Okay. All right, you're up, sir. Eight a.m. It's your turn. Yeah. Are you not paying? Are you not even listening I, right now? They call the technical foul on Bogner, and I turned the TV up to find out what the technical foul is, and then I heard had to hear Din. Din Dick Dackett or whatever his freaking name is, and he just irritates the shit out of me. And now I'm I'm completely off my game. What? Question number four. One, two, <laughs> three, four. Who's your all-time favorite Husker? Oh, my all-time favorite. I'm gonna go with Sue. Actually, oh. I uh, was a huge fan. Of him, obviously, while he was playing. I even stayed in line and paid for his autograph one time, and I told a lot of people we were getting married. It didn't happen. I mean, he did say hi to me when I got his autograph <laughs> that I paid for. You, but... you told people you were getting married? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they knew it wasn't real, but it was actually right when I met my husband, and I think I did tell him, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to this autograph signing, and if he does want to marry me, I mean, that's that's just kind of going to be what it is. But he didn't He didn't want to marry me, so we were good. We were good then. I imagine I, it would be tough to, uh, you know, strike up a relationship in the autograph line, really. Yeah, yeah. I think and, I think that whole, like, I'm going to sign this and then you move on kind of thing and, and doesn't then, really leave much time. And then the, the celebrity, be it Sue or, you know, any other athlete or any other celebrity, they really have to wonder if you're just in it for the uh, celebrity and getting the rub on their uh, celebrity you know, cushion. Yeah, and I, I mean, I could totally understand that because, you know, probably it was right, why. right before the draft and stuff, but I was just in it for the pure awesomeness of the defensive football that he did. That really sounded... <laughs> That sounded um, great the way that came out, but I mean we've talked about goats, so we're, that's that's yeah. safe. I, I'm just the way he hit people, and granted, I didn't see I didn't see a lot of on TV like earlier defenders at that time, but I was just like in awe of it all. So. Did you know that uh, I interviewed Kenny Bell on my podcast a little while back, and Kenny Bell, toward the end of that podcast, said the referees used to tell Bo Pelini that Ndamukong Sue was hitting people too hard. Oh, really? Yes. I remember and he that would get He would get show. called for it because he literally, Pelini would ask, you know, what is the penalty for? And they would tell him because Ndamukong Sue is hitting too hard. And I said to Kenny Bell, what, what do you do with that? And he goes, exactly. What do you do with this football? We're playing football, and you're throwing a flag on a guy because he's hitting too hard. That's amazing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It is. Sometimes you, I, you, know, you look at the officiating, and it drives you completely insane. Basketball officiating drives me batshit insane because <laughs> I have no idea what they're doing. I don't even think they know what they're doing. Other than not giving us any home court advantage when they give that to every other team in the world. Hey, anyway, sorry. This game is over. It's 78-68. There's 42 seconds left. I'll just pause it. 
so I'm not distracted by it anymore. I apologize to the audience. I apologize to Bree. Uh, maybe probably not Greg though. Screw that guy. Yeah, par for the course <laughs> around here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Bree, what do you is- have? It? Go ahead. No, what you go ahead. Uh, what, anybody else besides Sue? I mean, was there a close second that you paused for a moment? Any kind of? Um, I mean, you know, he's probably my top one. I mean, I I like defenders better. I don't know why they're just like drawn to me, uh, or I'm drawn to them. I guess <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I was trying to a little bit of both. Think of <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um. I'm trying to think of who else. I can't think of anyone coming to the top of my Glover. head. But see, and that is a little bit before my time. <laughs> just, just a little. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Okay, what's next, Greg? Well, I'm so glad you asked, John. So, do you? What's your favorite Husker sports moment? My favorite moment. Well, okay, one of them was the uh, hail mary to Jordan Westerkamp from Ron Kellogg. Um, part of that was, well, I mean that was just exciting in general. But I was in Lincoln, not at the game, but at a bar watching it. Um, like. 20 some weeks pregnant and like the whole place after that happened I was like lifted in the air and shook for a while and it was just exciting and I don't I mean not purposely but kind of I don't know in my adulthood I haven't watched a whole lot of Husker games like sober so nice that was a time that it was like super exciting and I was clearly sober in that time, but that was a super exciting one. I mean, cause like I said, the, like the championships and stuff, those happened when I was super young. So I remember them kind of being exciting, but not, not like that. That was just like kind of a moment of disbelief and awe and it was exciting to be in Lincoln. Um, so that might have been my favorite that I could think of right now. John, do you remember your? I, I can't remember yours. What what was your favorite Husker sports moment? Do you remember fielding that question a year ago? Yeah, but it probably changes because, you know, the concept of favorite is foreign to me. Like, what's your favorite band? What's your favorite food? Too many beautiful things in the world to really have a favorite, oh, especially okay. when you get older and crustier and uh, your memory fades that. away and and things, you know, get hazy. Uh I think I probably answered that one of my favorite my favorite moment is actually a, the loss that came to Florida State in the national title game. I think it was a 1994 Orange Bowl mm-hmm. when Byron Bennett missed the, the field goal at the end of the game. And we were we were 21 point underdogs, and Lee Corso on national TV made fucking fun of us before that game, and then we went out. And we played Florida State toe-to-toe, and it was really the first time that Nebraska had stood up to a Florida team in the Orange Bowl. And you really could tell that something was going on, you know. Because, again, it was I would specifically remember Lee Corso on national TV talking about how Nebraska had no speed, but Florida State was going to slaughter them 
because Nebraska couldn't keep up. And the only reason we lost that game is because the officiating was so one-sided. It was unbelievable. People remember the phantom call on the punt return, William Floyd's fumble at the goal line that should have been a fumble. I talked to a Nebraska player a few years ago after, about that game, and he said, yeah, the refs were laughing with the Florida State players throughout the entire game, and they felt like, you know, well, this isn't going to go our way. So that that probably – and then because I, I remember watching that, that game at my in-law's house out on their farm in western Nebraska by Curtis, Farnham, Nebraska – and as he, we lined up to kick the field goal, I looked at my wife and I said, I, it doesn't really matter whether he makes this. And she said, you're drunk. And I thought, you know what? It, there's something changing here. And then that when we went on the 60-3 to three run after that, the unfinished business season came after that. I think it was the 134 in the clock they put on the stadium to signify that they were ahead with 134 left. And that they had an, a, a national title in their hands and only had one minute and 34 seconds to win it during a season. And they knew that that tiny bit, that just minuscule moment of time in their whole season was how close you are to getting to the perfection that you want to be. How's that? Well, well said. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was good. That was good. Yeah. So, John, you, you you don't get to ask this last question because you know the answer. So I get to ask this last question, Debris. And I'm foggy. Is, well, <laughs> let's let's clear it up. Uh, let's turn the uh, lights on, so to speak. Bree, how did you start writing for Coordination? Well, um, Nate McHugh, uh, I went to college with him. I and so we're, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm still friends with him just, you know, just because I feel bad. No, not really. Um, but he, I always, uh, I watch a lot of games with him and I always talk to him about, um, the Huskers and stuff. And so he had told me, he's like, we need some more female writers. You need to come write for us. And it's like, Oh, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you need to contact John. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. So. Because of Nate, that's how it happened. How did that uh, initial correspondence with our, our fearless leader go? Did you say, "Hi, this is Bree, and Nate recommended me, and I'm here to help. How can I help?" Or, you know, I don't know. I, something similar along that, and then I didn't hear back from John for a little bit. And Nate, we were actually on a uh, trip with, with our families, and he was like, "Just he might have forgotten. You should probably email him again." Uh, and I'll and then I'll I'll say something to him. And then John got back to me after that. John, I for, I forget everything. When he, people send me emails, and I'm like, oh, "I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that." I figure, you know, if people are really, you know, adamant about something, they'll get they'll get a hold of me twice. So anybody, which is not really true a lot of the times, but uh, I do forget a lot of stuff because I'm old and hey, crusty it, and you know damaged. Damaged. I mean, I don't consider myself that crusty, but I forget a lot of stuff too, so it's all right. Yeah, but you have to deal with third graders all day. I mean, if I if I dealt with third graders all day, I'd just be a I don't know, like an alcoholic. 
wait, it's too late. Am I dealing with third graders every day? What the hell's going on? You might be. Well, we're going to step Have aside. Have you seen some of the people that write for us? Yeah. Well, they act like third graders. Let me Whoa. tell you. <laughs> we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, uh, we're going to turn the calendar forward a little bit. We're going to catch Bree's thoughts. If you haven't read them on Coronation, we're going to get the uh, audible version. Uh, Bree's thoughts on the 2019 season. Some of the uh, uh, changes that have been made in the coaching staff. And we're not yet ready for 2020 predictions. No! But that's coming up as the Five Heart Podcast continues here on Coronation Radio. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachko here along with uh, regular co-host John Dam Johnston, our fearless leader. And one of Coronation's newer uh, writers and contributors, Bree Clark. Bree, uh, as we just learned in the uh, in the halftime break, if you will, John is super excited for hot ham and cheese sandwiches. You just, just lead right into that one. I told you okay. I was, was going to jump right into it. You were. You know what? Here's the thing I'd like to tell people. Since every show, I seem to give like self-help tips for people. Mm-hmm. Such true. as I drive an old crappy car, so you should too because you won't care about it and you just mash it into things. And then you'll go, oh, damn, I smashed up my mad crappy old car. I can get another old crappy car and not care about that one too. So here's what, here's why you can just feel good about driving down the road in an old crappy car. It's because people like to drive nice cars because they think people will be impressed by them. We especially do this when they're younger. We do this with a lot of things. And the fact of the matter is, after you get older, you figure out that, what is it, in the 30s, uh, you worry about what everybody thinks of you. In your 40s, you don't care what everybody is thinks of you. And when you're finally in your 50s, you realize nobody was ever thinking about you at all. And you know why that is, Greg? You have my undivided attention, John. Because they're thinking about hot ham and cheese sandwiches. Interesting. <laughs> I would like to uh, piggyback on that. Numerous years ago, I was the designated driver for a uh, friend's night out gathering, and it was uh, basically, it was a group of five or six of us going to a few bars that were farther away than we had any business going, but I was the designated driver, so it was okay. And we get back to hometown. And one of the, uh, uh, you know, ladies in, in the, in, not ladies, but one of our friends, uh, you know, it's like 3.34 in the morning. I'm ready for bed. I've been ready for bed since 10. That's when they all decided they wanted to go out. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, but they're all deciding at 3.30 or 4 in the morning that they're hungry. I said, okay, well, options are limited. It's a small town. We don't, it's not like this was before Uber Eats and all that other stuff. I think Hardee's is the only option. What do you all want? And from like the middle row or, or you know the back seat or whatever, she just goes a big hot ham and cheese. <laughs> just like just like that. I mean, probably it it was as drunk and seductive as it could be. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna get you a hot ham and cheese, and then we're taking no, it has to be a big. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I, you know, we, we just, we're, we're a few weeks removed from Christmas. Uh, so obviously there was some Christmas ham. And so a few weeks ago, I was making 
I'm not a big hot ham and cheese. It was a reasonable hot ham and cheese sandwich. And I just sent a picture of, of it to her. And I said, bring back any memories. And uh, the response I got back was just like the text, LOL, or ha, 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 or OMG, I'm dying, or whatever it was. It was comical. We laugh about it, you know, a decade almost later. But at the time, it was like, come on. Can't I just take your drunk ass home? I'm tired. I want to go to bed. That's but no, there was hot ham and cheese involved. There was. And it had to be had. Uh, so, that brings us back to Nebraska football. I don't know how, but, uh, Bree, we have endured two four and eight seasons and an improved five and seven season. What has been, I guess, your biggest takeaway in the first two years of the Scott Frost era? Well, I think one of my biggest takeaways was how, I don't want to say damaged, but kind of damaged we were when he took over. I don't think it had really kind of hit me at like, I mean, four and eight was um, Mike Riley's last season, but I don't think it had really hit me about how bad things were kind of getting um, until like last year. When, you know, I was kind of in that, like, oh, yeah, Scott Frost is going to take over and this is going to be better. And then when it wasn't a whole lot better, it kind of hit me that, ooh, this, we, we've got some, um, time. We got, we got some room to grow here. This isn't going to be a quick thing. So I think that was kind of one of the biggest things. What was the other part of your question? I already forgot. <laughs> no, that was it. Just the biggest takeaway of, okay. of the Scott Frost era so far. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's been, you know, documented or, or you know, it, maybe he said it in, in a post game or one of his radio shows on Sports Night or whatever that even at the time, Scott Frost didn't realize the hole that the program was in when he took it over. Yeah. I think, I think it was a lot worse than everyone thought. I mean, I, I I think we all had, not not think. I know we all had expectations of you know, like, oh he'll you know look what he did at Central Florida. He's going to come in and and they were you know before he got there they were zero and twelve and two years later they're undefeated with you know a, a claim you know legitimate or not as you want to make it to the national championship. And I think people expected that. Without the realization of, okay, but we're, you know, we're not playing in, uh, you know, that conference. What was it the, it's not the Atlantic 10, um, nah, what, that, that conference, whatever conference it is. Uh, you know, we're playing in the Big 10 and we're playing against power programs. You know, we're, we're playing against the Ohio States and the Penn States and the Michigans and the Wisconsins. Um, I'm not going to mention the other team to the, direct east they're not a power program they're just you know riding a wave of, of success that's soon to end um but we're not they weren't playing the you know south floridas and or even the memphises you know uh, things like that and so the turnaround expectation i think from the beginning was un, unrealistic and to the point where we talked about this you know john on the show last summer about how Nebraska media seemed kind of dialed back while national media heading into this 2019 season 
was saying, oh, you know, Nebraska's back and, you know, they're preseason top 25 and, and Scott Frost has found the, the right formula to turn things around. But nobody, I don't think it, and not to be, not that they were cynical, but I think Husker fans and Husker media were just a little bit more realistic after that first four and eight season that we're not there yet. We wanted, we wanted to buy in, but as far as buy into the hype, but you know, we always kind of kept our distance from that. Are you asking me or Bree? Well, I, I, I mentioned you, but at this point, we're just having a conversation. We can anybody can jump in, or nobody. I, I that's the show. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we're off. I was up half the night putting a server together to, for somebody. That's my excuse, and then I had to get up early and, and make sure everything functioned before. Everybody got to work, so I'm running on very little sleep, and I'm old and crusty, and I'm not very good at this anymore. But people did come in. The national media did have high expectations for Nebraska last year because of two things. That would be Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez freshman year. And Adrian Martinez, that guy, whose name I just tried to pronounce, <laughs> he, he did have an excellent freshman year, and I realized that people kind of – now we'll go back and poo-poo that, and they're all. I, he he didn't live up to expectations in his sophomore year. He didn't play that well. Neither did the rest of the team. But yeah, the expectations were high externally, and I think they pulled us up whether we wanted them to or not. So when people tried, they when we tried to be realistic about things, our, our hopes and our you know, our wishes and our wants got the best of us, and we still went, okay, this is really disappointing. And it is disappointing. I missed they, they missed a bowl game for the third straight year. This has been one of the worst stretches in Nebraska's history. So, you know, I like Scott Frost. I hope he turns us around. So, but, <clears throat> you know, there's still the question if he's the guy to do it. Well, and talking about Adrian Martinez, and I – don't think it could be understated that he had more weapons around him as a freshman. I mean, he had Divino Zigbo. He had a 1,000-yard rusher. He had Stanley Morgan Jr. who set the uh, uh, school record for uh, receptions or yards or, I mean, just, you know, just dynamite playbacks. If he would have had those two players, I'm not saying that, you know, he didn't have some talent around him as a sophomore, but if he would have had the addition of those two with their experience and their locker room leadership – it's a much different season. Yes, yeah, and it, yes, I agree. He would have had them, and the line took quite some time to get there. And I think in some of our earlier games that we could have won, that kind of hurt there too. Bree, how how much of you know when you look at five and seven and you look at close games? You know there was the close game against Iowa, close game against Colorado. You know where you're up seventeen nothing and then you lose. Uh, you know and, and come from behind fashion. Um, but when you when you look at some of those losses, uh, Purdue another one. How many of them do you think could have been avoided by making some different decisions from the sideline? Like how you know how how much of that do you? possibly put on a Scott Frost in that situation? Well, I think um, with the Colorado game, some of that 
uh, playmaking he made or play calling that he made towards the end of the game and in overtime. I mean, he even admitted some of that, but there was a little bit of that that was on him. So, I mean, I'd say that one for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the Purdue game. I don't know. I mean, occasionally, I mean, there were times when the calls that are made, like all those lateral passes that weren't working, um, was kind of questionable on some of those. But I, I also, I'm kind of one that thinks like, well, I don't know, like what he knows about what he, who he's working with or what he has to work with or what's going on there. So I don't know, probably at least one of them, but maybe more. I was waiting on you, John. No. Yes. Yeah, but how many are on Scott Frost? No, it's just you, ask a question, Steer. See, you you do such a great job. Everybody, if you're not listening to John's post life crisis, you are truly 100 percent missing out on podcast gold. John, ask a question. I'm dealing with a four year old over here. I'm in crisis mode. Ask a question. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I haven't mentioned sundowning lately, have I? No, you should. <laughs> Do you know what sundowning is, Bree? No. Okay, it's when you get older, and it's like mostly it's associated with people who are dealing with uh, old age and, and perhaps dementia issues. But uh, sundowning is the idea that you're much more alert earlier in the day, and as the sun goes down, you run into mental fatigue, and uh, you start to lose your way. So that's what we're dealing sense. with here. Uh, so, you know, I, and I should have been more prepared than this, but I was watching a basketball game that completely sucked the, the, the mind out of me. What do you think of the coaching changes, I guess? Um, I, I don't know. I guess is what I, um, I'm interested to see, um, what is it? Love it? Is that what we're calling him? Or Lubick? Uh, I don't know how to say his name. But I'm interested to see um, what he brings to the table, different um, from what Walter did. And also since um, we know Frost makes does most of the play calling, kind of, I guess, what he's contributing there. And then um, what do we get? Sean Snyder, the special team. Which yes. I don't. I guess I don't know a whole lot about him. No. Well, he was a K State for. He was at Kansas State for many many years, and he is, uh, I believe, the son of Bill Snyder, Bill who coached Snyder. it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. And I mean, our special teams definitely need something. So I'm hoping this is a good change coming here. Um, because, yeah, last year that was one of, ugh, I don't actually even want to think about what that was, what special teams was like last year. What, didn't we get another new one? Like, this is where I, I'm, I'm sundowning. <laughs> new one what? I'm what I missed? <laughs> another new coach. Isn't there, one, isn't there one more? Or one came back? Dawson. Yes, Dawson back. I, Mike Dawson came back. And he's going to be the... Outside linebackers coach. Which is he went away for a year to the NFL. He looks like Tony Soprano 
I think, yes. a good thing to have on your defense. To have Tony Soprano? Yes. <laughs> Do you think it's the other key that? I think is this. Or the big, the big question that will need to be answered as we go into next season. I, there's not, when you look at this football program, there's not a whole lot of news coming out of this football program. Right? And that's true. I mean, do you think that you get, that's by you design. Got, what? That, that's gotta be by design, right? It is. I think it is. But you got, you literally got nothing really from Scott Frost. You know, you got the the announcements on the recruits and stuff like that, and then you got nothing and nothing and nothing, and all of a sudden in one day you had all these major changes. So I think that's kind of an interesting way to handle things, which is fine with me. Scott Frost can run his program however he wants, and uh, if dealing with the media or not dealing with the media is how he's going to do it, I, I am fine with that as long as he wins games. And he could probably sacrifice chickens right before the game live as long as he wins games. I'm sure maybe, people would disagree with that, but maybe whatever. we could go the major league route and instead just get him a bucket of KFC. Oh, is that a film recipe movie reference again? Yeah, major league about the Cleveland Indians. Seriously. Oh yeah, John. I'm a- <laughs> See, Bree, this is he what I have to deal with every he makes week. These rep- Bree, he makes these references, and he knows that I'm, like, half gone, and and then he makes them, and we're supposed to pick up on him. Did you ever see these movies, Major League, whatever? I might I as well be horribly drunk right now, and I haven't had any alcohol in, like, a week. How, thank you, Bree, by the way. Yes, because Major yeah, League is a I, classic. I How have you it not is. seen Major League, John? I I probably did, but I forgot it. Well, okay. It's got Charlie Sheen. I'm going to go to bed now. John, you're not allowed <laughs> to go. I'm pretty sure there are rules against that. Let's talk Let's talk briefly about Major League, because it's one of the better sports movies of all time. Is all it right. about baseball? Yes. Yes. Then it's not. It's about a ragtag <laughs> group of losers, either you know past their primes uh, or never-going-to-be's, who... Come together, they buy in to Coach Lou Brown's system in an effort to stick it to the owner of the team uh, who wants to bottom out the franchise, have less than X amount of you know tickets sold so that she can move the team to Florida. And they don't want to take the Indians out of Cleveland. John, you can't take the Indians out of Cleveland, okay? You can't do it. Okay, let's see. Charlie Sheen is wild thing. He he can't see, therefore he can't pitch. And one guy finally goes, hey, that guy needs glasses. And suddenly he's a class above everybody else in the world. And then there's Corbin Benson, who really wants to be a star, but he sucks at commercials worse than, I don't know. I think Peyton Manning sometimes is, I guess he's not bad at commercials. He's got a good sense of humor because he makes fun of himself. Joe Montana was terrible at commercials. First of all, Roger Dorn was not bad at commercials. He was bad at defense, okay? <laughs> In the movie, he's terrible at commercials. He wants to do commercials, right, Corbin Benson? No, he, he wants to get into, like, break into Hollywood and things like that and endorsements, but he, you don't actually see him, like, on a set or anything. You see him, uh, you know, like, diving out of the way of ground balls. 
John. Okay. What? John. There's just chunks missing from my life, okay? And this is I, – I can remember plots of movies, but not scenes. Okay. Can you remember Bob Euchre in the movie as Harry yeah. Doyle? He, had he a, was an announcer guy. That's right. He had a line in that movie that I uh, borrowed for one of my own radio show introductions uh, and where he's you know picking on his, the, like the PA, the production assistant type kid. And he he you know throws the microphone in him, in his face and the kid kind of you know freezes and uh, Harry Doyle says ah that rate broadcast school is really paying off for him and I use that as a little self deprecating humor on myself back in uh, year of our Lord two thousand ten so anyway uh, major league watch it rewatch it whatever you need to do uh, so, okay John what's your favorite sports movie if, if, since we're on the topic. And then we're going to find out Breeze because that, that's a nice follow-up. Why don't you ask her first to give me time because as I've repeated several times, I mean, I might as well be drunk. I'm exhausted. I'm sundowning. And you keep throwing these questions at me like I'm going to – my favorite sports movie, uh, The Longest Day. Bree, what's your favorite sports movie? The Longest – hold on. What is The Longest Day? It's a it's a D Day film from like 1962, I think, or it has it has tons of stars. It's three hours long. I've seen it like 38 times. But uh, is that a sport? not a sports movie? No, I was gonna say not not a, not a sports movie. Um, so we'll come back to you, John. Yeah, sure. Bree, favorite sports movie? Oh, my favorite sports movie. Okay, I was trying to think more while John was talking, and then he stopped talking. Um, he's good at that. I don't believe. <laughs> I mean, I always loved Varsity Blues. As I feel like I was probably only like twelve or so when that came out, but I loved that movie. Um, there was a more. I feel like there was a more recent one that I like, and now I can't even think of it. Um. Well, League of Their Own has always been a really good uh, favorite one of mine as well. Wait, John, it's baseball. Does that count as a sports movie? I know. <laughs> yeah, but it has Tom Hanks in it, and he's really hilarious. He is. I mean, uh, that's a good movie. He's a global icon and a national treasure, by God. Yes. So we'll give that one a pass. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, a League of Their Own is definitely tops for me. All right. My 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 favorite sports movie is also my favorite movie movie. I catch a lot of hell from Husker fans for this because it's college football, but it's not Nebraska. It's a uh, I don't know one of our. It's another blue blood. Anyway, it's Rudy. It's it's been my oh my favorite. god, John. Oh my god, I can't I can't continue now. Well, you can't, you're you can't leave. That'd be rude to our guest. It would be rude to Bree, so on her behalf, I'll stay. And then you're going to out of all the movies out there, you pick Rudy. Yeah, it's been my favorite There's movie a, for 25 years. God knows how many sports movies available, and you pick Rudy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is, is that a problem for you, sir? Yeah. Yes. I didn't even. I did not question you. When you named a non-sports movie as your favorite sports movie, okay? I said I was. You were supposed to come back to me. Okay. Have you had enough time now, John? Yes, I have. Okay. Favorite sports movie, Pumpkin? Slapshot. Okay. We get a pass to 
or We Are Marshall, mostly because I have kind of a personal connection to We Are Marshall. I like We Are Marshall, too. I like Rudy because... Oh, that is a good one. First of all, uh, I've not been shy about this. I'm a Catholic, so, you know, there's there's that Notre Dame connection. Uh, but it's... And granted, I know that parts, critical parts of the movie are fabricated because it's based on a true story. It's not actual word-for-word Rudy's life. I know that he didn't actually have an older brother who was a dick to him. I get that. But there's something special about that underdog story that I'll never, I'll never waver. It, uh, few movies bring me to my feet like Rudy does. I, I can't wait till my son's old enough to appreciate it when he's 25. You went with that over, like, remember the Titans. John, yeah. Or the, nat- or the, the Natural, which is actually a baseball movie I like, but it's, it's way back in the dark ages, which, a time in which Robert Redford was actually a hunk. Nah, and now he's just really kind of old. Can I tell you a little bit about The Natural? They had special lighting uh, set up. They, it was like a softer uh, lighting while filming because they, at, at this at the time that they made The Natural, Robert Redford was already kind of old. And he was already starting to show some of his age. So they had to kind of soften the lighting up a little bit to, you know, kind of hide some of those... I mean, I don't call them, you know, uh, not defects, but, you know, some of the, some of the age that had, you know, taken over his face. That, that's all. It's a fantastic movie. You're absolutely right, John. The Natural is tremendous. Um, but it's Brian's like, song, 1971, you could have picked that over, Rudy. I could have. But I was have alive you seen when that? Rudy... Have you ever seen that movie? Yes, I've seen Brian's song. And you still pick Rudy. Look, I didn't bust your balls, okay? I'm not going to sit here and I don't have to. I'm the host of this damn show. I could be like, Bree, thanks for joining us. It's been great. We're done. I'm not going to do that because Bree has been great and it has been fun, but we're not done yet. John, why you got to bust my balls on Rudy? The blind side? <laughs> the blind side sucked. <laughs> what you- about the Mighty Ducks, though? Uh, I prefer D2. Okay. I prefer... The, I, I'll I, accept that. And and if you think about it, D2, the Mighty Ducks, is really just a mirroring of the 1980 U.S. Olympic men's hockey team. Instead of, you know, USSR, it's Iceland. But, you know, they get embarrassed. They, you know, coach makes them stay after the game. And, and you know, in one version, they're running laps. And actually, it might have been, you know, or, or skating laps, uh, or suicides or whatever you call them in hockey. I think they might have had to do that both, but it's all about coming together. This group of ragtag, you know, individuals from all over the country, most of them from Minnesota, and yeah, uh, you know, beating the team that hasn't been beaten in years. So, yeah, I, I got a lot of love for D two, not yeah. so much D three. Okay. I, w- I would have gone with Shaolin soccer over Rudy. <laughs> well, Bree, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. For- <laughs> Uh, there, there have been uh, uh, a few changes on the roster. We'll, we'll try to get back on on point here. Um, we just found out. I, I, I just found out. I think it was just announced the day we recorded this on Tuesday that Jalen Bradley has put his name in the transfer portal. Um, I think it's it's 
it's not disappointing. It's probably the best thing for him in his career. But it does kind of suck when you have you know a, a you know a townie or you know a, a hometown kid uh, who you know chose the Huskers and had a, a really good high school career, and you know just because of restructuring, you know he he signed to play for Mike Riley and and uh, didn't really do a whole lot at all the last two years under Scott Frost as, as Frost brought his people in. You know, what do you say? You wish him well and and uh, appreciate his contributions, I suppose, right? Bree? Yeah, I mean, you can just basically hope for the best for him, but I, can, I definitely understand it wasn't working out for him and for him to stay when he's not really being able to contribute much doesn't really make much sense, but yeah, you do hate to see him go as a native Nebraska native. John, would you like to weigh in on the Jalen Bradley situation? I know you're itching. Well, he was. He, I think it was pretty clear he wasn't going to be able to do much at Nebraska. So, yeah, good luck, and, and you know, I hope that he finds a place where he can get some playing time and he has success in whatever he's looking for. Can we talk about a, another Nebraska kid who's going D one? Just not at Nebraska, or do we not, not care? Well, we had another person leave in the transfer portal that was a little surprising. Well, do tell. Tony Butler. Tony Tony Butler left, and uh, when he showed up, he was a highly prized recruit, if I remember correctly. But he never really, you know, Mitch Sherman at the Athletic did a really nice article on him, and he asked him about his years at Nebraska, and Butler was very appreciative of all of his time at Nebraska. He said that Nebraska, the University of Nebraska, would always, always hold a place in his heart uh, because of all the, the learning he did and the experiences he did. But then he talked about the fact that he had to play for so many defensive coordinators while, during, while, you know, during his time at Nebraska that it was very frustrating. It was very difficult to, to get anywhere. Uh, he talked about how they had constant hit depth issues. You know, he'd just start to like figure out his cornerback position and they'd switch him to safety and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, again, it's another guy who's graduated, probably has some athleticism in him and he's going to transfer and see what he can do on the open market. And the best of luck to him. And, and it should be stated the guy got his bachelor's degree in just three years. I mean, not to say that that's impossible, not yeah. to say that doesn't happen, but, it, you know, he, I mean, kudos to him for, you know, that amount of, I guess, you know, dedication and, and, you know, now he's going to be able to go on, I, I guess as a grad transfer, he won't have to sit a year. He's just going to be able to go play football wherever he lands. Um, you know, good, good on him. He, uh, it, it, as you mentioned, you know, his Twitter, message you know sure you know talked about the many coaching changes position changes life changes and we've talked about that before when you look at you know some of the uh, young men who are on this team maybe they were a red shirt uh, junior or a senior in 2019 were on their third defensive coordinator from Chenander Diaco and I can't even remember who was before Diaco is too far back now um Bank Thank you. So they, there's not been enough continuity at you know at that coaching position. That's why I think we're seeing so much inconsistency on the field. 
and hopefully, you know, in, in the third year of Chenander, we'll have more, I don't want to say more buy-in, um, and Bree, you know, chime in here or, or charge in, but uh, I, I think we're going to at least have more familiarity. The guys who are, they're able to focus more and retain that which they've learned because they'll have had a little bit of consistency at that uh, defensive coordinator position. Yeah, I think the um, just having the same defensive coordinator for three years is definitely going to make a difference with these guys uh, because, I mean, it is when you're switching that often, it's kind of like playing with freshmen every year just based on their experience with the system or the coaches that they're playing with. I mean, obviously they have different experiences on the field, but as far as playing in their system, um, I think this year we'll see it pay off a little more. Um, actually being consistent because what was that? What is it our defensive backs or who is it that didn't have the same coach for like, wasn't like four years, like for four yeah. years they had different uh, coaches. Was that, was that Eric yeah. Lee Jr.? I feel like he he would have been the elder statesman in the in the defensive backfield, who would have you know gone through you know a, having a different you know position coach for four years that he was back there. Yeah, and that's just crazy. I mean, to expect that they're going to be able to, um, I mean, to perform at the level that we want them to when that keeps changing on them. Was Caddyshack a sports movie? I consider her so. It's golf. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Bree, would you like that better than Rudy? You know, it's been a long time since I've seen either one of those. Um, <laughs> she so does I, not want to bury you, Greg. Well, she's smart. So this I is mean, her first time on the show. If she wants to come back, she knows she's got to treat the host nice. I'm kidding on that, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I just... I, I kind of would, I think, prefer Rudy, actually, John. Sorry about that. Oh, oh my God. What about Hoosiers? Look, you're making good points on all of these movies. It's just because it is subjective, and in this case, I'm the subject, I say that Rudy is my favorite. Okay, John, what about Love and Basketball? Do you like that more than Rudy? I, I Yes. At this point, John's going to be like... It, <laughs> I like anything better than Rudy. Um, here's another uh, transfer portal that we lost that, that I think I missed it, and that's Pernell Jefferson. I missed it. Yeah, he entered the transfer portal last week. Yeah, and another guy that w really wasn't going to get anywhere. No. I mean, I don't even remember him. Uh, 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 I don't remember hearing his name, you know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he's another grad transfer as well, so. Kudos to him. So anyway, um, no, no. At this point, Bree John's just being contrarian, and anything that you suggest is going to be better. Like he, he's going to put like Talladega Nights, the story of Ricky Bobby, ahead of Rudy, just <laughs> just to piss me off, aren't you, John? You know what? I don't think I'd go that far. Oh, whew, thank you. Okay, and, and that's it also was, because it was cute. It was cute, but let's face it. I mean, Will Ferrell after a while, you're kind of like, okay, is he going to do anything different with these movies? Probably not. I'll tell you two movies. If you're looking for something different from Will Ferrell, two movies I would recommend. 
would be Stranger Than Fiction and Everything Must Go. Is Stranger Than Fiction the one where he has his own life narrated? Yes, because he's yeah. he's unknowing to him. He's like the the main character in you know some writer's novel. Uh, so yeah, that's the one there. And everything must go is I, I saw it once. Uh, I enjoyed it. I have had intentions of seeing it again. You know, since it came out, but um, he's been divorced and has to sell everything. You know, and he's just hanging out on his front yard, or I guess his soon-to-be oh, ex-wife's front yard, and uh, you know, with the sign that says "Everything Must Go," and it's just, you know, it, it's my favorite. Will Ferrell is the Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, who's not trying too hard. You know, like the Ricky Bobby. I don't, I don't uh, care for that as much. Even Step Brothers, I kind of find annoying um, and overrated, but that's just me. Dodgeball. You can dodge a wrench, John. You <laughs> right. can dodge a ball. That being said, okay. not ahead should, of Rudy. Should I move on from this subject since now you beat me up with it and I decided to fight back? I mean, you know, you don't ever – John, you're part of this as well, so you don't ever have to move on from anything you don't want to move on from. Wow, don't ever say that to me. I mean, Let's that, talk more about Bree. Okay. <laughs> Bree, second favorite sports movie. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, w- what we've had some adjust some some changes on the roster. We've had some changes in the coaching staff. Have you seen any change yet? Or, or I guess we'll let's include recruit. Have you seen any either addition or subtraction to the coaching staff? or addition as far as recruiting that you think will make a sizable difference in 2020? Oh. Um, we, we went from goofing around to asking a really serious question. I know. I, I, I you, could, can, you can blame John. Yeah, John, this is all your fault. I have to really think now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's a Tuesday night. And it's getting late. It's right. Is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Yes, it's Tuesday. Feels like it's Thursday, but um, yeah, I just don't. I don't think I know enough about the coaching, like the changes in the coaching staff, to be um, like anything that I really think is. I think Sean Snyder. That'll be interesting to see. Because, like I said before, I definitely think special teams is something we need to work on. Um, and now why am I blanking for the, the recruit that I'm thinking of that I think can make an impact early? Um, Let me ask you this. Was his name Rudy? It wasn't. That I do know. Um, it wasn't. Is it a quarterback? And now Logan Smothers is coming into my head, but I don't know that the quarterback, I don't know that that's going to be a difference that we're going to see right away. I think that one of the bigger differences we're going to find, uh, or, or big, bigger, and no pun intended, but bigger additions, is going to be uh, from one of our linemen. Either, uh, uh, was it Nash, a Hutmacher uh, on the defensive side, or, or one of the big uh, hosses, you know, it said in respect to our, our beloved Hoss Reuter, 
but one of the big boys that you're bringing in on the offensive line. Um, just that's where we need help. You know, if you're going to run a 3-4, you've got to have that, you know, stopgap nose tackle, which Nebraska has not had. And you need some offensive linemen who are going to get out in space and, and you know, like, you know, I wish Haas was here because he's definitely uh, an X's and O's guy. Okay, I'm glad you pooped. Hold on. All right, uh, <laughs> he pooped. He pooped. Uh, John, you want to finish a, this yes, question? This is an issue, free. All right, uh, you you finish this question. I gotta go clean up a mess. Oh, he's got to clean up a mess. You know, in an earlier podcast, Greg was very concerned about his son learning to go to the bathroom without diapers. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's not a fun. That's not a fun process. People who are not parents never realize that this can be very stressful. And why it's very stressful is because the parents always think they're in charge of everything. And this is one area in which the parents are not in charge. The kid's in charge. Oh, that's true. Because I have my three-year-old was has been potty trained for quite some time. But he was deciding he didn't. it hurt to poop and he wasn't going to do it. And that was a process that was painful. And I tried to be in charge, and I couldn't be. Yeah. So it's an early warning system that life ahead is going to be even more difficult if you're one of those control freak parents. Which I'm glad I had my wife to raise our kids mostly. <laughs> I think my husband's glad about that, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I taught him how to swear. There you go. Uh, I mean, they need I'll, that. They need that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I truly, honestly believe that you should never look at your wife and say, yeah, they probably heard that from the guy down the street. No, that's the cop out, you son of the bitches. <laughs> they should hear it from you and not the guy down the street. If they hear it from the guy down the street, you're not spending enough time with them. Uh, what did he ask? The additions this year, they're going to make a big thing going into 2020? Yeah. I think the biggest key there would be Omar Manning, wouldn't it? The the big, tall Juco guy we got at wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, I forgot about him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have – well, we had, I think, good receivers. I mean, in J.D. Spillman and uh, Wandale and uh, – well, Cade Warner was – Cade Warner was injured way too much. But we did not have the big, huge body guy that – you know, you just throw the ball to in the end zone, he goes up and gets it over shorter defensive backs. Yeah, and I think, I mean, when we were talking, when you were talking about Adrian before, I mean, having Stanley Morgan that first year really gave him someone to target and not that he can have JD, but I mean, that's, that's kind of what he had, especially with Wandale being used in the backfield so often. There wasn't a whole lot of depth there, I guess, so. Yeah, I was excited to see a lot of the receivers that we had coming in. But well, since since Greg's away and I, I can't give him shit about Rudy right now. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you a serious question. Okay. When you're watching football with a bunch of males or a bunch of like a like a let's say a group of let's say 10, 12 people, do the males just stomp on you as a, a woman? Like, if you say something about football, do they look at you like you're just an idiot and you don't know anything? Um, I don't feel like anymore. I feel like 
when um, I was younger, like especially college, like some of them, it was more of a like, you never played football, so you don't know kind of a kind of a thing with some of them. Um, but I also think it depends on the personality of the male. If they're very, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but you misogynistic. Know, yeah, they're more likely to do that. Where the people that I, I mean, most of the time, if I'm watching a game, it's either like with my brothers or, um, well, Nate. I watch a few games with him, although he gets he gets quite upset sometimes, and I have to. <laughs> He doesn't like it when I try to tell him it's going to be okay. We watched the Colorado game together. He was he was pretty upset after that one. But um, I think anymore, for the most part, the people that I watch the games around, like they understand that I do actually know what's going on. So that helps. But, yeah, when I was younger, there were a few times when I would say things and you kind of get that feeling or definitely get that feeling like, oh, you don't know what's going on. You never played football. If you actually played, you would know. Whatever. But not so much anymore. That was a very Greg, did you return? I, I did twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, Bree, you've been great, and this has been a lot of fun, and you'll have to come back when there's more Husker football to talk about. Um, I don't have anything else except messes to clean up that, uh, since I've left my four-year-old unsupervised, John, you'll be happy to know potty training while it's got a later start. Uh, there's been a lot of success and, uh, unfortunately he's just got a little stomach bug or something tonight. And so that's why he's crapped twice since uh, we've been recording. So that's fun. So the gonna- karate kid. Uh, no. What? Come on, Cobra Kai. It's not the crane move. The, well, it's not the crane move. It's a crane kick. It's not an actual what? martial art maneuver. Um, I, and the, while the Karate Kid is good, I don't consider it a sports movie. The Bad News Bears. Now you're just grasping the straws, John. No, I'm not. You're embarrassing yourself. I, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, I would like you. To send it, do that thing you do, Greg, when they are supposed to give feedback. And then you tell, on the feedback, you tell Greg the, all of the better choices he could have made besides Rudy. Yeah. Let, let, let do that. Send, send a voicemail. And uh, that convenient phone number for your voicemails is readily available here. And it is 402 402- Three two seven one eight three zero. Call. Name a list of all the sports movies that you think are better than Rudy. And objectively speaking, you may be right. Subjectively, I don't care. It's not going to change what's my favorite sports movie. And that was the question. But I still like to hear your input. Use your voice four zero two three two seven one eight three zero, or you can be a part of the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Bree, as I've said, you've been great. We'll have you on when there's more Husker football to talk about, unless you want to talk about baseball or softball in the spring or track and field or women's rifle, anything like that. Or if football is your... Well, thanks for, thanks for having me. I mean, I know more, uh, with football, but if I, if I looked into some of those, I could talk about some of them, <laughs> but... I'm just excited. Oh, we have a wrestling, uh, 
writer now. And yeah. So, so that's awesome. And we're going to have him on the show uh, here in, in the near future as well. So you know, we're coordination, John, this little project that you started oh so many years ago is growing. What does it feel like to you, sir, uh, to see it, it continue to expand the way it does, the way it has, and the way it continue will continue to? I try not to think about it. There's so many, there's so many of you to manage now. It's unbelievable. At the same time, I realize that this site can't get any better or bigger with me doing a lot of stuff on my own. And one of the things that <clears throat> I've always thought if you're going to have a good website that you should have a lot of variety of people with different opinions, like, I don't know, like, you know, women who can talk about football and, and stomp the crap out of a guy in the room if he doesn't know what a screen pass is. Uh, or some guy that actually picks Rudy as a favorite sports movie. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Thank you. Uh, everybody's got their own opinions. Everybody's got their own angles. And I, I do, I do. One of the things I do not want us to ever have is everybody going into, you know, like writing articles and everybody has the same opinion about, I don't know if it's a coach or a player or what happened during a game or football, baseball, basketball, uh, whatever. Well, you Lamont's, Lamont's 1971. Steve McQueen drives a Porsche 917. I'm sure that 90% of our listening audience has probably never seen that movie. But uh, when I was young, I used to have a, a very large poster of Mark Donahue on my wall, and nobody would know who that is. He won the Indy 500, I think, in 1972. He was killed two years later in a freak accident. Uh, I can't remember if it was IndyCar racing or in Formula One, but he, he got into an accident and was struck in the head by a pole. But uh, I loved racing when I was a kid. Uh, every year I'd watch the Indy 500. We were supposed to be ending, weren't we? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, but no, I, John, I love John. racing. My brother's been involved in racing for years. So, you know, there you go. I would have and thought just, that when you were younger, you would have had a lithograph of a horse and buggy on your wall as like your favorite, you know, racer of the 1700s. <laughs> and we're done, folks. Thanks so much for yeah. joining us for a, a, a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, all joking and, and interruptions aside, we had a great time, and we do thank uh, Bree Clark for being part of the conversation. Bree, where are you at on social media? People can follow along and and uh, you know get see all the links you tweet uh, from all your great works at Coronation. Where am I at? Yeah, like I Twitter. Honestly don't, like I don't even know what my Twitter. I have a Twitter handle, but I don't even know what it is. Okay, so everybody that's, just that's uh, read along or go to Coronation and find the stuff that uh, Bree writes, and that's probably going to be the uh, easiest way that you're going to get inside yeah, her I'll Husker add, brain. I'm going to find my Twitter and add that onto my Coronation site. No, I'll, I'll get that added once I figure you out do what that, that is. You, you need to do that because we need to have a conversation soon. Uh-oh, you're going to the principal's <laughs> office. Okay. All right, so for Bree Clark, for John Johnston, myself, Greg Mahochko, we thank you. We uh, encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already. Right, John? Subscribe, subscribe. And uh, yes. uh, join the conversation. We're on uh, Facebook and Twitter. 
as far as subscribing to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. We're out there. We're not that hard to find. And we look forward to more conversations just like this and more conversations with you, the listener, through our Use Your Voice uh, feature. So, uh, Bree, we end the show in a particular way. Now, you said you listen to the show. So, you know how we end the show, right? I can't remember, but I I have listened to the show. Okay. I'm going to say a little something. John's going to say a little something. And all we need you to say is win the damn offseason. Okay. So we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Three. Win the damn off season.